Hello, Hello yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jake Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums-to-be and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. And today on the podcast, we have my least favourite guest. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you're so kind to me. I'm such a joy to work with. (laughs) No, today you're stuck with just Jade and I. I am Sophie. And I am Jade. Today's episode is a getting to know us a little bit deeper. Our first ever episode was a getting to know us episode, but we feel like you guys have been listening to us long enough that we'd maybe dive back into who we are a bit deeper, juicier today. And one of the questions that got sent through was, are you guys similar? And when we first decided to do the podcast together. And we didn't really know each other. We did not know each other well at all. But like, we were like, oh, yeah, we're exactly the same. We're yeah. the same heart. We're, we're the same like, um, We're both like really beautiful, funny and humble. But we were like, oh, it'll work really well because we're so similar. We like feel the same way on things, da-da-da. And then the more we've done this, we've realised we are so different. But I think that's like part of hopefully what makes it. We got a review the other day saying that people liked that we had such different opinions and perspectives on things and it has been crazy how that's unfolded. Yeah, it's been nice. How would you describe yourself in three words? Uh, Generous. That is my biggest one. Should have thought about this before, but I guess this is all off the cuff, isn't it? I think that you are funny, generous, sometimes to a fault, too generous, and you need to be more generous with yourself, and fast and loose, and I am control freak. I think I'm funny, but in a very, I think we're very differently funny and intelligent. Thank you. Sure. So let's dive into some questions. Yeah, let's that go. Have been sent in. Sophie, what emotion do you experience the most? At the stage that I'm at in life right now, I horny. spend <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, I wish. I wish I was horny more. We can discuss that later, but I would say that I'm very content. Like I spend a lot of my life very happy and grateful with what I have, where I'm at a really great place in my life but then I would say unfortunately just second to that is stressed (laughs) yeah it's like I feel like I'm either quite joyous or quite stressed but often like I'm stressed because I've got a lot going on but I love all the things that I have going on so Mm. often it can be this like flicker between the two where these side hobbies have for us have become businesses which means I'm so happy when I'm doing them but also that can lead to stress Mm. what do you think no it totally makes sense Jadie Poo yes what do you love most about yourself it's actually a really hard question do you, like, I probably you come, don't or you can't pick one? <laughs> yeah, I can't pick one because I'm so fabulous. You know what? P- my personality. I reckon yeah. that's probably the the best thing I like about myself. What yeah. about you? But is I just feel like, especially as women, we are like dialed to feel uncomfortable saying the things that we love about ourselves. I, I, I think I love that I'm really driven and the people that are close to me I, I'm very, very loving towards. Yeah. Other people maybe not as much. <laughs> oh, on that topic, what would you like to change about yourself? Oh, well, here we go. Let it just no. Okay, don't. okay, okay. No, this yeah. is not self-deprecation <laughs> hour. <laughs> One thing that I would like to change about myself is I'm too selfless. I need to be more selfish in a positive way. So if I actually really valued myself and took the time out that I need, I think I would be an even better person and an even better mother and, and wife. probably actually get more done. Totally, totally. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's one thing that I would change. What would you change about yourself? I need to get better at setting boundaries and compartmentalising my life. I think this is also work-related. Work is all online so I can access it at any time. And I've actually, I feel like I've been talking about this on the podcast for freaking ever, saying that I need to work on it. And I am, I really am starting to work on it. But I need to, you know, when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. And when I'm 
working, I am working rather than like trying to do both of them at the one time. Mm. And yeah, it's something that Nick and I are really working on so that I can do that better, be less stressed. You know, like how are you doing that? Trying to actually allocate time that I can do that. That is not just necessarily when the girls are napping. So, you know, beforehand it was just like, you know, as soon as the girls went down, I just had to like lock in Mm. and just get everything done. And there was just so much pressure on that. And now we've started like a shared calendar. So I know when like Nick will be home in the afternoon. So I can choose to use that time to get work done. Or, you know, when I look at the week as a whole, I can go, okay, there's a gap there that I can get work done, but there's also a gap there. So I'm actually going to do something for myself rather than every spare minute that I have to myself, filling it with work that I love. But at the end of the day, I need to realize it is work and it is draining at times. Mm -hmm. And I need to find time where I can just tune out of a busy mind. I like it. Sophie, could you live without the internet? And no one had it or I just didn't have it? You just didn't have it. I would really struggle if it was just me who didn't have it. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed to say that. You'd be dead broke. (laughs) Or you'd be dead rich either way. No, but there goes my... All my jobs, (laughs) our society is geared to rely on the internet and then we are shamed. Like I feel like there's so much shame around like being on social media and using the internet. Like I'm not ashamed that sometimes when my girls are asleep, I sit on the couch and I scroll for an hour. Like that is my spare time and I can can use that how I want. Like I don't do it as much anymore but I don't understand why there's so much shame around that like you can use social media and the internet to invoke joy and so I'm so strict on myself about who I allow myself to follow whether it brings you know something positive to my life so I just don't understand why there's so much shame around the internet and around social media no I understand that I just think that like it's like for me it's I see it as a waste of time for me so if I pick up my phone and I go to scroll I feel like I'm completely but wasting are you enjoying my time. that time scrolling yeah no okay well then it is a waste of time yeah so I always think it would be so much better for me I'd feel so good if I picked up a book or taking time out for me would be watching a series of on Netflix like that takes a lot for me to sit down and actually take time out and and watch something like I feel like it's a privilege when I actually yeah and I think that's fine if you don't get enjoyment out of scrolling Instagram then it's then yes it is a waste of time but I think there's also if you're enjoying it and you're maybe connecting people it doesn't have to be a waste of time so Mm. I think it totally depends what you get out of it yeah and could I live without the internet yeah I reckon I could I reckon if it just blew up and just didn't have the internet anymore I'd be stoked do you prefer dogs or cats so I'm not a Oh my god, I like people are just gonna automatically hate me. I'm not like a huge animal person. So growing up we always had cats and there's no way I'd be allowed to get a cat because Nick hates cats and is allergic to them. But I'm not like but like I don't know I'm not one of those people who like sees a dog and is like, oh my god, I just like have to touch it and pat it. And because I think I've never had dogs. I get really awkward and don't really know how to act around them. Mm. Like, it's really weird. Mm. Like, but that makes sense. I get more nervous around a dog than I would around a stranger because I don't really know how are they going to act. Like, what do dogs like? But I will say at some point we will get a dog. I would I- like to have a dog for my kids and then I will get used to it and I will love that thing unconditionally. But I'm not like, oh, my God, I can't wait to have a dog. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not a cat lover. I hate cats. Gross. And I'm allergic to them. <laughs> what do you do for a living? You tell me. Honestly, I don't know. What don't you do for a living? What do I do? Um, No, I guess at the end of the day it's content creation and you know, the word we all love to hate, which is influencing. Influenza. But I've had, a, I've had a few people say to me, like, influence, <laughs> influencing has been tarred once again with such a dirty brush. But it is such a broad thing. Like, I would like to think that I use my platform hopefully as a positive thing. I, I, I understand when people roll their eyes that someone is an influencer, but I think I just have to get used to the fact that that is a job that I have fallen into and that is what I do and that is what I am 
paid to do and I just need to I think I just need to get to the point where I just like own that word because at the end of the day that is what I do and it's it's not necessarily something new I think the way that it is done is new but I guess like you know however long ago before there was Instagram I guess like media personalities were influencers they would just like happen to be on a tv show or or whatever there's like always been people people of influence or whatever you want to say it's just in a different domain now and I guess it's more readily available now hmm. and your plebs like us can do it yeah. and a pleb can be an influencer that aren't Hollywood actresses <laughs> yeah a few people ask how do you make money out of influencing I am probably not the right person to ask because I am very reserved when it comes to talking about I don't I don't class myself as one I am one but I don't like to say I am like you're saying we have to own it I personally see myself as someone who created an account of my family and I organically plotted along posting photos because I genuinely just enjoyed photography and from that came followers enjoying what I was posting and then it started to stem from, oh, you know, obviously there's a certain brand that would like to send you some clothes you're taking photos of your kids spontaneously already so you know would you mind doing that so I was like yeah for sure you know the girls get gorgeous clothing the people that are looking at it they actually enjoy it because they're seeing clothes but that's what influencing is I know but I just yeah I know I just feel like I can't get my head around being like that I'm deliberately showing I don't know. I just, I, I don't feel like but I am. Can I just say, like, I never tried to get to this point. Either. I don't think either of us set out with the intention for this to be our jobs, but it, it doesn't mean that you are then not one. Do you know what I mean? Like a brand is sending you those clothes because they would like your kids in those clothes to influence other people. It doesn't have to be negatively influenced, like, but to influence other people to buy those clothes, for example. Like that's what it is. I also think that I would be more like a content creator than an influencer because I feel like when I post things that are like deliberate, the followers that I have aren't really that interested. They are way more interested if I post an organic photo of something funny about my family or mm. something funny about my mm. kids and that is where my audience yeah, is. Totally. And I think Same. that's what I'm trying to say. I guess I'm just trying to wrap my head around what I actually am. Yeah, totally. So, you didn't actually answer the question how you make money. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, you probably will know. You How yeah. do you? Uh, the main ways, this is Sophie now, the main ways I make money through it is that if a brand wants to guarantee a post on my page, I will generally do that in exchange for payment, not just gifting. I do a lot of affiliate codes. So they're discount codes where if people use my code, I get a kickback from them using that code. And then also I, my husband and I have a recipe Instagram, like a cooking Instagram called Recipes. Go follow if you're not already. And food brands, pay us to use their ingredients, products in them. So that's different ways that people can make money off Instagram. And getting back to the podcast in terms of making money, it's it's sponsorship. So yeah. we make money through our sponsors and then we like to give back to our followers with a giveaway so we feel like you guys are getting something out of it too. So yeah. Yeah. And the podcast itself. And, the po- <laughs> yeah. and that old thing. <laughs> What is the first thing you notice about someone? The first thing I noticed about someone is their teeth. Really? Yep. It's the first thing I noticed. And are you someone that tells someone if they've got something in their teeth? Definitely. If I if I know them, 100%. If I don't know them, it is not my place to tell. Yeah. I, t- I tell people. It, it, like if I've met them and they seem like the shy, awkward type, I maybe wouldn't tell them. But if I meet them and we get on really quickly, then I'd just tell them straight up because I'm the kind of person that would want anybody to tell me. The most useless thing you have ever bought. Oh, my gosh, it's not me, but it was my dad, so Dr Timmy. He bought an Avo shark and it's this, like, contraption that is used to, like, de-pip an avocado. Anyway, we all laughed because we were like, what the hell? Like, why did you buy this? We were like 
all just, you know, having a go at him. He got a bit offended. He's like, no one loves my avo shark, like da-da-da. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, like no one had used it. He hadn't used it. I hadn't used it. He went to grab it out of the drawer and sliced his hand on it <laughs> and we were all like, like told you it was a piece of shit and he was just like so devoted at this avo shark because he's like, I'm the only one that believed in you and, and you have come ass. back. Well, it didn't oh. fuck him in the ass, okay. but it, it cut his hand. Let's not go too same, far. Same. I have a similar thing. It is one of those things that you buy off like. Um, Demos Direct yeah, or whatever. Danos. Yeah, what is it? I Danos. don't know. But it was one of those veggie slices mm. and I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. I cannot be bothered doing that by myself anymore. I need some help. So I literally bought it and all the contraptions it comes with, I'm like, I the thought of getting that out of the drawer and using all those elements to cut my carrot, I may as well just use my cut one your carrot. Thing. Yeah, so it we, needs a degree. To oh, use. it's just so painful, and then you got to wash all the elements, and then it's just like, ugh. So that was probably the biggest load of crapola that I've ever bought. Did you feel ready for kids, and did your did Nick? I have always wanted kids because I'm an only child and I've always had that craving of nurturing or wanting a brother or sister. And my partner did as well. He um, probably wasn't thinking of having children at 22 and I was 25 when I fell pregnant with our first. But as soon as I knew, it was like no question, 100%. Yeah. Like was it scary? Absolutely the thought of becoming a parent and being pregnant was was terrifying. But but were we ready? Yeah, we were in love. We felt comfortable with one another. We've tr- we travelled a lot, at, you know, f- we were together for about five years. Not that that matters to a lot of people, but for us in our moment, we were ready. We yeah. were like, you know what? It wasn't something that we were planning right now, but it's happened. We're ready for yeah. it. And here we are with three kids. Yeah. Yeah. I felt super ready when I had kids. Nick had been ready for 25 years. <laughs> oh, bless. <laughs> he was born wanting babies. Anyway, but yeah, I felt really ready. The thing I actually struggled with readiness about was when to have the second baby because I was so sick when I was pregnant with Poppy. I was like, when am I ever going to feel ready to feel like that again? And the answer is no. Never. Never. And luckily I wasn't as sick, but I remember thinking, oh my gosh, when in my life with a child am I going to feel ready to feel like that again? I was never scared about the outcome of a baby. It was the readiness to be pregnant again. Mm. See, I, because I was sick as well, I got an urge at eight months when Mia was eight months old that I, we, we should have another baby. So we did. And then I had my outrageous urge with Yumi four years later that I we had to have another child like it was just this this feeling inside me and it overwhelmed me I've never been it was like I was a sicko or something but I I really felt like I was overwhelmed with this emotion to to want like did it feel like cluckiness or it was more than cluckiness it was like oh it was really overwhelming yeah and I tell you what I thought that I might feel like this forever and always want children, but after the third child and knowing my capacity and my limit now, I don't have that feeling anymore yeah. and I feel very content knowing I don't have that feeling anymore because I don't have to worry about trying to, like, make my husband have, have any more children because yeah. we're all content and we're all happy with That's good to got. know because I have this fear that I'm never going to feel done. Like, I yeah. I don't like being pregnant but I don't mind giving birth and I love that newborn phase. So it's not even like that part is, like, putting me off and I have this real fear that I'm never going to feel done. Mm. And, like, I'm only 29 in a couple of weeks. So, like... Like nearly 30, all, babes. Nearly 30, but, like, all going well. My fertile window is it has still got, like, probably a decade in it. So I'm like, I hope one day I just get this feeling where I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. So then I can just, like, it's a really put that nice part of my though. life to rest. Yeah. Someone asked, if you knew you could have a boy, would you go again? No. This is Sophie asking Jade, who has three boys. Three girls. Three girls. The answer is no. Funnily, when we had two girls, I was like, if we had a boy, it would probably be amazing and, you know, be nice to have a different sex. Now that we have three girls, obviously I couldn't see myself having a a son. And, or another child. Or another child. But... 
saying that we are so content with our three daughters like the the joy the personalities the intelligence everything that comes with them I I don't have any emptiness or a spot in me wishing that I have a son at all and does Nick at all not he is I always thought that we needed it for him but he is such a uh, a father of women and girls yeah. that he is completely content. We yeah. have we have a boy puppy and he is happy with a, a dog as a son and he is more than happy with yeah. three beautiful daughters. Because so, I get asked that all the time if, like, Nick is really hoping, you know, that our next is a boy. This is Sophie now speaking about her, Nick. And, uh, like, he would honestly be just as happy if we had a girl well, they're as all if different. we had a boy. I think boy. what we have to realise is that everyone has just different personalities. Every different child interests, is different. different. But for me and, and my husband, we have really enjoyed this whole daughter journey. But I think people put way too much emphasis on the gender of their child. And I think, you know, if you have a boy, they could have exactly the same interests as what your daughter could Mm. and yeah I I don't know I just think that there's way too much emphasis put on like what having a daughter would be like and what having a son would be like what is your favorite thing about each other you tell me first oh how do I pick I I like that you're you're very direct, so, like, there's no guessing with you. If there's something, I think we're actually both quite direct yeah. and I think that's probably why this works. Maybe at the time it's a bit like, oh, she could have sugarcoated that, but it's it's good. Like, I just think with both of us there's not a lot of bullshit and it's like, yeah, I just think that if there's something that you think could be done differently, you'll say it. I'm never guessing, like, if we're all good. Mm-hmm. I'm never guessing if you, like, think an idea is good or not. Like, it's just... We've been pretty good in that sense of, you know, we've obviously had a lot of job opportunities with the podcast and we've had to sit down and, you know, mull over a few decisions and we've never really clashed heads. Like we've we've always accepted one another's opinion and then met in the middle and found a a really good medium to like go forward so even if we have had different views on it like if you felt strongly that you really didn't want to do something and I felt that we should well like there's a reason that you feel strongly about that so I'd probably just go okay well then we'll just let that opportunity slide so what's your favorite about me My favourite about you, Soph, is probably that you are extremely on all the time and it is very comforting to know, even with a business partner, that it doesn't matter what, I can understand why you're a doctor because you are just over absolutely everything. You don't miss a thing. Do you find that annoying though? No, I love it. Okay. I, I love that you do that because I'm not like that. I'm very like some days I'm on, some days I'm off. Some days I'm really on and some days I'm like meh, but you're consistent and I like that. I think that's a good balance between us both. I think people assume that I'm going to be really tidy but I'm not necessarily. Yeah, You're not messy but you're not tidy. Yeah. Yeah. You just. You... Things aren't things aren't unclean. But I do like that with you because it's not a necessity that you have to have, whereas you look at you and think you have to have your shit together. Like if you walk into my house, my shit is all together. Yeah. Like it is always 99% clean and tidy, but that's obviously because I have a problem mentally yeah. having things out of place yeah. and I that is me trying to cope with my anxiety and my yeah. stress levels. So. Yeah. Just because I have a clean house doesn't necessarily mean I've got my shit together. It actually probably means I am the opposite and I can't let go and I can't just accept that, you know, there are going to be things here and there. It's just something that I'm learning to deal with. And, well, that's interesting. Like so many people I think have a misconception about us that we both have our shit together. How do you keep your shit together slash do you have your shit together? I have my shit together some most days and then if I, and this is something that I'm learning with, if I don't have enough of time out for myself and I'm learning what that is, apparently it's not an hour of like having a massage isn't enough me time. I actually need to go out and have like half a day where I'm going for a walk and enjoying my time and reading a book, like actually. Where you're not on a schedule. Yeah, and not being, and this comes back to Instagram and social media and my phone and the internet because I need to step away from that entire thing to be with myself and this is my 
biggest it always has with anxiety learning to love myself learning to be with myself and being comfortable with doing nothing and just being present so that is something that I'm learning with do I have my shit together Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Let's be serious. Yeah. I don't completely and sometimes I fall apart. It is That's life. I, I laugh because a lot of people from the outside think that Nick and I have always got it together because, you know, like social media can have you think that way. And I was laughing to you about a story that we have an Airbnb and we went and stayed there last week and one thing that Nick and I both suck at is like life admin and like maintenance of things. Mm. Like we just like when things fall apart, we're really bad at like getting them fixed fixed or because he's not very handy and that Mm. kind of thing um anyway so we went to our airbnb and we didn't realize that a lot of our mail was still getting sent there so we were going through this wad of mail and we opened one and we found out that both of our license had been suspended back in January. We both hadn't paid. Both of you. Both of us. So we both had voted in like the last election, but for some reason got letters saying that we were getting fined because we hadn't voted. And I remember getting that letter and going, oh, we'll like dispute it because we both did vote. Mm. Anyway, completely forgot about it. And obviously they were sending us reminders of the fine and we weren't getting them. So they, the only way that they could like penalise us was to suspend our licences. So we've both been driving around. Then on top of that, keep opening the market. My car was out of registration for three and a half months. How I did not get pulled over, and, and like, you know, please don't report me to anyone. I'll, I'll just deny the whole Call thing. Call them the cops. Everyone's safe. It's all fine. But like, if I'd have done something bad, I'm driving around unlicensed and unregistered. You kids in the car. You look like a hooligan. I know. I'm so not. Like, I wish I was that wild. <laughs> I am not that wild. Anyway, and then I called up because it had been over three we months. Have I have to get my, I have to get a new rego plate for my car. I have to get a blue slip. But I was like, I laugh when people think we've but got do it you all have your license? Yeah, I have my license. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be cops at the end of your driveway. Um, okay. We're the kinds of people that it's like, oh, whoops, we didn't realise our insurance lapsed like 30 years ago, you know? <laughs> like it's just, it, there's just too many people trying to take a nibble. Yeah. I hate it. Just fuck off. When it says the thing that you hate spending money on the most, it's those adult things where you go, okay, this is the wage I draw. Oh, no, wait, there's tax. Oh, no, wait, there's life insurance and income insurance. Oh, no, wait, there's my health insurance. Oh, there's my car insurance. insurance. And you're just like, fucking hell, there's about a dollar left at the end. There is, literally 10 bucks left. How have you both found living interstate from your families, especially when you have kids? It has its pros and cons. Agreed. Okay, because I feel like if I was living in Melbourne and I was around my parents all the time and my family I wouldn't appreciate every single moment we have with them. And every time they come up here, which is usually before COVID, every six weeks or so, the children would be jumping out of their skin to see their mimi and papa. And they are too. They come rearing in with this big energy. They have so much time. And I feel like my parents will always have so much time with my children, but it is such a special way of, you know, they go away so you don't get sick of them and then they come back and then the kids are so excited and we have FaceTime in between. So it has been a really beautiful way to raise children. And then we can go down to Melbourne and catch up with the whole family. Mm. They can come up here. So I, I think that this has been the best, the best decision that's ever happened, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's great most of the time. I think, I think we're both very lucky that our families pre 2020 visit a lot. So I think, you know, I think it would be a lot harder if you were going six months, 12 months, month blocks without seeing your family but I was the same like I was seeing well my mum at least every like six Mm. to eight weeks so she's very much been a big part of especially Poppy's life and as you say when when they come up there's nothing there's no other day-to-day life stuff going on so they want to spend every waking minute with them they want to have them for a sleepover they basically force Nick and I to go on dates Mm. like not that you have to push us that hard but you know they're (laughs) like okay get out of the house now like we want our one-on-one time but I will say that this year has been really really tough and 
oh my gosh, I'm literally like gotta cry. Yeah, no, that has been you know, and I and I mean, I, you shouldn't even have to preface it with this because of course there's other people in worse situations, but it has been really really tough. And I am really lucky that my parents popped up in between the two lockdowns in Melbourne, so they got to see them. But having had a baby in January of this year, my parents have seen her three times which is you know a lot more than I'm sure other babies that have been born this year but like the amount they were involved in Poppy's first year of life compared to Goldie's first year of life has been really really different and yeah FaceTime is amazing but at times I almost find FaceTime crueler because you know like I'll FaceTime them one day and they're like holy shit Goldie's sitting up in a high chair eating what Mm, you know it's it's yeah that's been really really hard and then not knowing how long it's going to go on for is is really hard I agree and I also think on the other scale of it with us as parents mentally Nick's parents are older so they're not as hands-on in that aspect but my parents when they're up every six weeks are so hands-on that we get that mental and physical yeah. break away from our children yeah. that we can re-energize and and get back on track and we haven't had it for so long yeah. that I think that is the main reason I burnt out a week ago because the doctor actually said to me, your, your mum and dad are usually here every six weeks yeah. and they will literally, like, you could have a sleep in and you guys can go and, on and a date. And things that you would never ask of your friends, like, you know, like I would never ask my friend to follow Poppy to the toilet to wipe her bum after she's done a poo. Yeah, and it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we miss them though. Yeah. This is a good one. Uh, Weight loss after babies. Yeah, I think it's something that women compare themselves a lot to other women and I don't think, I mean, it's so much easier to say than do, but I just don't think we should. I think we should give ourselves all so much grace. I am going to be completely honest and say that I did not have to try very hard to lose weight after Goldie. And I'm going to be honest about that because I don't want someone else to be like, what did you do? And then put Mm. that onto their own life. I will never look the same as I looked before I had kids. I have like a jiggly bit in my tummy, which I am in my house completely proud of. But when I go to the beach, I choose to wear high-waisted bathers. And that doesn't mean that I'm not proud of my body. It's just, that's how I feel comfortable. Yeah, I'm like I have stretch marks on my hips. Yeah, I have a jiggly tummy. I like yeah, my boobs are a bit saggy and I'm so proud of my body, but I'm going to be completely open and transparent and say that I did not have to try very hard to lose weight after Goldie. Yeah. Well, I'm fat now, but I had no I had You're not fat. No, I am. But your pH fat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, babe. No, let me explain. So I had that that appetite when I was younger all throughout high school that I could eat the biggest amount of crap food and I would never put on weight. Yeah. And then I had my first baby and I bounced back. And you were so young. I was so young. So young. And then my second baby and I bounced back again. Like I, I then was exercising to get married so I was really really fit and then you were like ripped yeah I was looking bullshit (laughs) in that time but then I was really actually quite thin I was probably my thinnest pregnant with Yumi and that wasn't because I wasn't eating or anything it was just because I was so busy with two kids moving house a lot was going on at that time and then when I gave birth I lost weight and that just happened but then Probably like, I reckon three months after I gave birth, I started putting it all back on again. And I thought it was breastfeeding because, you know, some people say that they gain weight with breastfeeding. Some people lose weight. Mm. It's different. So I was like, oh, okay, that it is what it is. I'm, I'm nurturing. I'm feeding a child. I'm not sleeping as much. It's not an issue. Weight is not an issue to me at all because of what I'm doing. So I let it go. Then I stopped breastfeeding and the weight still hasn't gone. And I'm probably six months out from having finished breastfeeding. I exercise probably four to five times a week and that's with f45 and walking i eat relatively well i do drink wine i do have dessert and i have this and that but overall i think i'm quite good and i weigh the heaviest i've ever weighed in my life 
and I have a jiggly tummy. I have spider veins down my leg from my birth with Yumi. They just never went away. And I have smaller boobs. I have three chins instead of two, but we are proud of those. They're just an added They're bonus for you They're one for each baby. Yeah, one for <laughs> each baby. And I must say that it does not bother me. That's so good. Because my husband in all of these years has given me the same affection mm. and same love and same compliment through my whole motherhood journey and, you know, before kids and now, and he has never yeah. changed. And because I have that confidence in, you know, our household and I look in the mirror and, you know, I laugh when the girls say that you've got like this Play-Doh gut, like we all piss ourselves laughing because it's hilarious. And I feel like if I can encourage the confidence that I have with my own body to them, then they're not going to be rattled about having, you know, weight or no weight. Or yeah. So look, Sometimes, yeah, I agree with you. When I go down the beach, I don't want my gut out. I just don't yeah. feel comfortable. It doesn't feel right. I don't feel confident. I definitely feel more confident when I'm wearing a one-piece or I'm, you know, I've got it contained. But, you know, do I really care that I'm bigger and I'm more voluptuous? Not really. Not yeah. really at all. So as long as I'm fit, as long as I'm healthy and I'm as long a, as your husband thinks you're sexy. Yeah, and I'm a good role model to my three daughters, which is probably the biggest role I have, then I'm doing okay. Yeah. Sophie, when is baby number three coming? I couldn't believe it when I saw this one. <laughs> God, he's seven months old. I start, I had, I was. Yeah, but we've talked about yeah, that. I'm yeah. dead mad. We're sorry. <laughs> we've talked about that. <laughs> we've established that, you know, maybe your choices of <laughs> No, touch wood, all going well. There will be a baby number three. But I have decided that I would like 2021 to be. Oh, I thought you were going to say I want 22 kids. <laughs> I was like, calm down. I want 2021, so next year, to hopefully be a year that, you know, Goldie will probably be intermittently breastfeeding, but that she won't be so reliant on me and that I won't be pregnant. I would like to, COVID permitting, go away for a few nights with Nick, have a girls weekend. You know, I have so many friends that I have made since being a mum, like yourself and so many of my other girlfriends, that we were all like pretty loose and out there before we had kids and like really social and, and like some of them I've never even got drunk with because, you know, since you haven't them, even got drunk with me. I know. What the hell? Since knowing them, you know, someone's always been pregnant or breastfeeding a newborn or, or whatever, and I would I think that that kind of time is important. So I'm glad I didn't put aside this year to be my year because, well, that would have just been crap and I probably would have ended up going, you know what, impregnate <laughs> me because this year sucks. So I think next year um that's your year. Soph, another one, sorry. How did you find – Stop being so obsessed with me. Oh, stop it. I can't help it. How did you find the transition from – academic career to being a full-time mum? Yeah, so a lot of people are surprised, which I'm like, mm, should I be offended, when they know that I worked as a doctor before I had the two girls. To be honest, when I left work to go on maternity leave, a part of me already knew, mm, am I going to go back to it? I really enjoyed work, but I was just like, is this what I see myself doing? I Did was, you do it because your dad's in that? No, he was like, it's funny because my older brother is yeah. an obstetrician and I'm a doctor. And so people assume that, you know, maybe it was like a pushy household or a, but no, it was something that I really wanted to do and it was something that I enjoyed studying and it was uh, like, you know, uni was stressful at times but actually I quite enjoyed it and without being up myself, like it was something I was pretty good at. People liked working with me, I'm pretty sure. But I just don't know where I fit into that industry. Like I really like to give my all to things and I just don't I just don't see how doing that fits into my life right now. You know, like maybe when my kids are a bit older, I'll look at it again, but it's just 
not something that I see in my life right now. It's not something that I'm super passionate about right now. It's not something that I would want to leave my girls to do. And yeah, I just, so I, to be honest, I've found the transition quite easy. I actually don't see myself as a full-time mum. Poppy goes to daycare two days a week. Nick has very flexible work, so he can look after the girls. Like I probably do more hours working right now than I would if I was working part-time as a doctor. Like Mm. I would do more hours than two days worth of work Mm. on the things that I'm doing right now. But it is, I am one of those people that I, I do need to do something outside of being a mum to be the best mum possible. So I feel like this is a good balance in that. Yeah, people keep asking me, like, why aren't I going back into, like, obs- obstetrics? <laughs> and it's probably because I can't even say the name. But, like, I just thought, oh, I just, you know. I'm too good at it. I don't want to show st- them up. <laughs> I'm too smart. Dr. Timmy would just see rivalry and not want to yeah. do it. So, I'm yeah, I'm just, like, doing podcasting, you know, no big deal. All right, another question, how do you get all your shit done? We've well, got a lot of shit to get done. <laughs> so how do you get your shit done? How do I do all my shit? How do you know? <laughs> no, how do I get shit done? As I was saying before, it's definitely a work in progress. It's mm. actually really funny. Fisher Price has been one of our sponsors and they sent us a whole heap of toys. They gifted them. Not Sophie and I, the kids. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, whoever wants to play with it. But it's really funny because I've always been very like, oh, wooden, neutral toys, which still have their place and are still fantastic, but don't necessarily keep the girls busy for as long as I want. And, oh, my gosh, in the past maybe week and a half, I have got so much shit done while they have been awake and home and it's just me home because they're just like, oh, my gosh, something bright and flashing and noisy. Like it's been great. So I'm like, okay, plastic bright toys have got their place when you need to get shit done but yeah that's how I get shit done the shared calendar is how I get shit done I'm gonna be honest and say Nick is flexible and around like if Nick had a normal nine to five job I would not be able to do as much as I do yeah that's how I get shit done how do you get shit done I don't yes you do (laughs) I actually get a lot done but then I just die in the ass (laughs) This is funny because we were talking about this before. How do you keep up the romance? I feel like I'm always answering these questions. I'll answer it after. Well, you go first. We keep up the romance purely because of Nick. He's ready to go anytime, anywhere, any place. Just say the word and he is on. So it's more me who has to come to the table. But Or the bed. Oh, the (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bobby's been in our bed a lot, so, like, maybe... (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> do you keep the romance alive by being a yeah, snorting pig? I do. It's a um, so, yeah, maybe it is the table sometimes, you know. <laughs> I don't think Nick will mind me saying this, but we were actually having a discussion the other day where I was, like, kind of apologising. It was after we had the chat on the period episode mm. about how, like, often your libido ebbs and flows with your cycle. Yes. Now, I haven't had my cycle back since having Goldie, so it's been seven months, and it kind of all made sense to me because I was like, well, no wonder I'm just kind of humming along at this, like, <laughs> you know, like just neutral, neutral libido-less state because I don't, I, I'm, I'm not really cycling. And I, it was actually really interesting to explain that to Nick where I was like, I was like, if I do say no sometimes, most of the time, it's not because I don't find him attractive. It's not because I'm any less in love with him. Like I honestly think reproductively my body has no reason to have a big libido because I'm probably not ovulating. But then I just need to remind myself that I think it's like a good workout. Like if it's with someone you love, you never regret it. Totally. So sometimes I just go, you know what, it's probably not top of your list right now, but let's do it. Yeah. Smaller. <laughs> what about your romance? No, no you're not getting out I'm of not that talking one. about my romance. Okay, I'm everyone. Very private person. Oh, yeah. Jade's hot to go one week of the cycle. Yeah. She yeah. told me today that sometimes it's <laughs> multiple times a day for that week and then it's off. That's it. So, you know what? He's a lucky man. One out of four weeks. <laughs> Do you believe in God? No. That's, that's, that's it? I don't. I kept on saying that I was agnostic, but my husband tells me I'm actually atheist and I am trying to work out what I am. But basically 
I don't believe in something that has no proof and that is just my belief. I, I can't believe in something that doesn't have actual scientific proof. So it's interesting because the girls have an option of different religious classes at school and, you know, they'll come home and they've painted a picture of Jesus and I'm like, oh, I just don't know. Like, I don't want to discourage their beliefs. I just want them to have their own, you know, they can make up their own mind. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, no, I don't believe in God as such. I grew up quite atheist. But I think with age, I am getting a bit more maybe agnostic. I don't know if that is would be the right way to describe it. But I do feel like there's something bigger than us out there. Like, I just I just don't COVID. think that... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm at the point now where I don't even know if I believe in freaking COVID. I've gone down the wormhole of too many conspiracy yeah. theories. Today and I now don't, I'm like, today I don't believe oh. in it, but yesterday I did. Yeah, but no, I, I, yeah, I just don't think that everything can work how it does by chance. In terms of babies, what did you find the biggest jump, and why? I don't even know why I'm even. Why are you this. I know clearly it was two to three. Look. I admitted to Sophie today that my capacity was two children and we had three because <laughs> I had the urge to have another one. Yeah, it's been really challenging. I always see that, like, you know, you've got two parents, two children, you got your two arms for two kids, and as soon as we had that extra child, it's been really hard for me to mentally wrap my head around because I, I struggle with, I guess, sectioning out my mind with everyone in the family. You know, there are so many jobs to do every day for everyone in that household, including, you know, pets as well. And that is why I lose myself so much because I'm focusing so much on everyone else to make sure that they're okay and they've got everything together and they're being fed and, you know, have they got this and just there's so many elements and then that's not even with the housework and the house cleaning and the car and it it, there's a lot. Some people might not find that overwhelming, but for me, since having a third child, it has been extremely overwhelming. She's probably the easiest child we have had at this age, but it it doesn't mean that it's not hard and it doesn't mean that it hasn't been exhausting. Oh, my gosh, but Goldie is like the cruisiest baby ever and I hate when people go, oh, she seems so easy. Like no matter what child you have, parenting is not easy. But it's just an added responsibility. That is one more responsibility you have and, like, I think about, you know, they're all going to get their licence one day. That's one extra person oh you gosh, have to don't worry think about. about that already, though. I know, I know. But I'm no just... wonder you send yourself into a spin. I know. I don't think about it all the time, but sometimes I just sort of go, oh, God, there is let's so much stick to, to worry bath about. Let's just stick to right now and <laughs> not worry about getting Well, even license. bath time. Yeah, so I'm like stick there. I'm like, oh, God. I'm lucky that me is at an age where, you know, she can help me out and she can be pretty hands-on, but she still can't make breakfast in bed and she still can't, like... Rub do... your feet while you go to sleep. Yeah. But... I did say to you earlier on, like, maybe part of the challenge is that Yumi is so much older than the other girls. Like, the other older. girls are younger. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she's a wise soul. <laughs> but I was saying that, like, she's in such a different life stage that maybe it is hard. You know, the, the older two are so close together that maybe parenting them, not that you parent them the same, but they, they're going through similar things, whereas Very then you similar. add another baby into two children. It yes. might be hard. Like, I think there's definitely challenges with having babies close together, but then there's a whole other set of challenges, I think, when you step back into that baby stage. Yeah, I, I hands down, that was tougher for me. It was, um, it was intense and it was full on, but I never, ever felt as overwhelmed as I did when I had the two girls 16 months apart. I was just in the thick of it and I was yeah. going at it. I don't know if it's because I'm older, my patience has worn thin or I've got three children and I'm exhausted or all of the above, but just that the the, the four-year gap was a massive difference. And, I mean, for some people they love it because they have a little helper, but I don't know. It's just it, it's been a, a, a big year and I've loved every minute of it. But That's a lie. Yeah, it's been a fucking <laughs> hard year and I haven't loved every minute of it. But we're working through it and regardless, we love our kids. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and saying that your capacity was at two does not mean that you love Yumi any less. I know, but it makes me feel a little bit sad because I um, could do everything with the other two. Yumi's probably learning independence because you can't be oh, with yeah. her as much as you were there with Mia. And, and she's happy. And she has known from the start that the world does not revolve around her. Like when I was heavily <laughs> pregnant with Goldie, I got so guilty because I was like when Goldie, well, we didn't know boy or girl, but we'll just call her Goldie because that's who she is, <laughs> um, funnily enough. Um, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, Goldie is going to come along and Poppy is going to hate us. And Nick goes to me, stupid logical person without heavily pregnant hormones Almost. flowing through them. He's like, that's the whole reason we chose to have two kids close together is so that she knew from the start the whole world does not revolve around her. Mm. She has to share. She has to share us. And I'm like, yeah, that's so true. Like that's often why we give our kids siblings if we can is because they have to learn that we're all just splitting our time amongst things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, no, I will say that. I had a lot of people try and scare me about the jump from one to two and in no way am I saying that it's easy but I think also like we were saying I was in like you know Poppy wasn't even two years old when I had Goldie like I was still in the thick of that like dependent baby you know she was still in nappies all of that I actually didn't find the jump from one to two that bad I definitely found the jump from zero to one was harder because you are thinking about every single thing all day long everything's new everything is a decision whereas I feel like with the second it was just like this is just the way Mm. I do things everything wasn't a decision there were days that like I couldn't believe it when Goldie was a newborn how quickly things would go from under control to absolute mayhem but you know routines really work for me and Mm. as soon as she was in a routine and I somewhat knew what the day was potentially gonna look like that really really helped me so routines everything and I will say that you know we want to have we were talking about this earlier that we want to have another baby like at least one more we'll we will do inventory when we're at three (laughs) and see if we're going to increase the stock or not but I will say that if my because I just don't want people to compare with other people like if my husband had a normal job I would probably be so done with Mm -hmm. two you know like we love parenting together and he is just as hands-on parent as I am so like our situation isn't quote unquote normal Mm. so yes we want to go again if that wasn't the case would we want to like you know Mm. I look at some of my friends whose husbands work really really long hours and they have three kids and I'm just like well anyone who has three kids or any kids and you just look at them and you go how do you do that Mm. like everyone's situation is different yeah when was the last time you cried (laughs) well it was what I was saying before last week I cried because I was apologizing to my husband that I didn't have much of a libido so <laughs> <laughs> I just felt bad for him oh bless your heart yeah what is one food under no circumstance you would eat cock <laughs> <laughs> no that's disgusting grow up I'd have to say cock <laughs> cock <laughs> that's it no, I think that's a good point to wrap things up all right thanks for coming in yeah. today Jay. hope you learned a lot guys <laughs> on how not to do live yeah Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.